0: Hello and welcome to Sci-Fi Sidebar. I'm your co-host, Cece.
1: And I'm Peter, your other co-host.
0: Welcome to our episode on Morningstar. Peter, I was listening to our episode on um, Golden Sun and at some point in it we were like, oh yeah, it's been a long time since we did the first one. It's been like almost a year. (laughs) And then we talked about how we wanted to do Morningstar sooner. And (laughs) and here we are two years later. (laughs)
1: I just can't believe we're doing anything two years after anything I, else. That there
0: has been greater than two years
1: of this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was just thinking, I was like, oh my god, that means this has been going on for three years. Which I guess we know, because we've done three
1: years. This podcast episodes. is older than my relationship. And, wow. <laughs> no, it's not. Is it? I think it might be. I'll, I'll look into that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is wild. Um... But yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what happened. I think, honestly, these books are just so emotionally intense. I personally don't revisit them that often. They fall into the category of books I love, but can only read at certain times in my life. And that's
1: definitely true for me.
0: Which is to say, any time that life is easy, and I'm like, I can really emotionally devote myself to this book, which obviously hasn't happened in a while. So
1: Yeah, it's a... It's also like I think I redid them several times when we first discovered these. Yeah, like I I pounded through them probably like three times in a relatively short period of time. Yeah, not quite in a row, but not 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 in a row.
0: <laughs> one book and then okay, back into these. You basically flip flop between this and the
1: Bobiverse. Yeah, uh, that's honestly true. <laughs> that might be literally <laughs> what happened. I had uh, one of our cousins recommend to me yesterday at a christmas or easter party the Bobiverse series i was like well i am intimately familiar with the No, <laughs> oh, let me tell you
0: about the Bobiverse. <laughs> i've spent more time series. listening
1: to the Bobiverse series than i have spent talking to any of my family combined in the last year
0: that's probably true except me
1: <laughs> oh god yeah tell me about it <laughs>
0: um yeah but the point is these books I don't know they eat me up I was just thinking about what a like master emotional manipulator Pierce Brown is
1: yeah I love the Bobaverse so much in the same amount that I love the Red Rising series but like the Bobaverse is fun and peppy yeah, it is and it and- deals with like hard stuff but it's still peppy yeah, and this one's like it deals with hard stuff and also it stabs you in the heart. <laughs> yeah, it's too much it's the just, whole time.
0: It's a one-two punch, constantly. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. I <laughs> I remember what Peter and I were talking about how uh didn't you say you like stopped listening for a while after like several quote unquote dies like
1: originally. Yeah, when like you I definitely it? had the first time I read it, I like had a pause and so I was like, Well, that's unacceptable. I
0: basically did that this time, even though I knew. I knew. I was just like, okay, I'm not... I can't just, like, listen to this while I'm, like, playing with my son. Like, I need to... Something happy. I need to, like... I need to be, be, like, invested emotionally. Like
1: I need to, like, eat cold bread. I need to sit in the dark. Cold bread! I was thinking about the saddest things I can imagine. Cold bread! I guess all bread's cold, huh?
0: Hey, the baguettes you get at Panera are cold, and they're still, like, beautiful, you know? I
1: mean, sure, but I mostly eat them dipped in like soup so that's true you heat them up with soup no soup for this thing or maybe, maybe <laughs> no. cold soup which is pretty gross cold cold french onion soup ew <laughs> ah man cold broccoli cheddar soup. <laughs> several fake dying is like eating cold french onion broccoli cheddar soup <laughs> combined and cold bread and cold bread dark. but like not banana cold bread in the like, sense that it makes
0: you bread. sick and you feel betrayed by
1: something you love <laughs> Carbs. Oh, God. Carp <laughs> <Like>, what? <laughs> Carbs? <laughs> Betrayed by something you love. Carbs.
0: Yes. Or Pierce Brown as the case may be. But uh, yeah. oh yeah. I mean that uh, whole like sequence is is so much and it's so like well played off. And, and <laughs> I, we're we're totally starting at the end now. But um, <laughs> when I was like walking around thinking about this earlier today and when they sort of reveal themselves and like start fighting um have you ever seen that video of the scene in uh the last jedi spoilers for the last jedi when right <laughs> kylo ren are fighting like back to back and it has um don't stop me now playing over it uh no <laughs> it's one of my favorite things it's actually probably my favorite thing that came out of the last jedi <laughs> But that's sort of what I was picturing with like Severo, or not, well I guess yes eventually Severo, but Cassius and Mustang and Darrow all like turning on the uh, the Jackal and Aja and everybody. Um, it's, it's really, it's just a beautiful moment. I love it so much. <laughs> it's so uplifting after all like the shit involved with <laughs> Severo being dead, fake dead. Although I did find it very confusing that whole time that i'm like okay but is severus still dead because he still seems he still seems dead and i don't believe that they would have literally just killed severo for the <laughs> to like get into the sovereign's uh, bunker but you know i don't know anything anymore
1: yeah it was like the moment when cassius like betrayed the sovereign i was like all right well now was this planned or yeah
0: exactly you were like maybe cassius actually killed severo but then had a change of heart yeah maybe killing severo did that yeah, but there's like little clues. Like they say that Cassius is like staring at Darrow and waiting. And like you think of the time, it's waiting for him to be executed, but actually it's him waiting for Darrow to like basically give the signal.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And like, I don't know. I just, I, I think about this all the time how beautifully crafted that entire sequence is because it's so convincing. Like I was, you know, now I know what happens. And so when I was listening to it again, because I think honestly, this might be only the second time I've listened. Um, when i was listening to it again it was just like i like you you could see you could see with context what everything meant but i i don't think that it's one of those things where you go back and like watch something again and you're like oh it was so obvious all along it's not that it's not obvious what happened because i think that's that true. usually usually you're let in on plans like this by the narrator and so that's
1: kind of one of the reasons i had sort of an issue with it is that like I was kind of getting thrown off about what our frame of view is supposed to be like what our point of view is supposed to be in this book Darrow, right? Yeah, it's Darrow, right? Except the whole time he's like talking about how anguished he is about his, his fallen friend and I'm like No, but he's not He's talking about how
0: afraid he is and how like how how I guess tenuous everything is and and he and he mentions things like Severus blood is dripping on me or or stuff like
1: that. Well so okay, but he knows it's not Severo's blood. He knows it specifically is fake blood.
0: I guess that's true, but I could be misphrasing it. He might have just been like blood from Severus' body. Like calling it Severus' body is definitely part of like what makes it um more convincing that he's dead like continually yeah. referring to it. But I think that um I mean it's not it's not technically true, un- untrue. You know, <laughs> technically, it is coming from Severus' body. It's just a, still a living body. It's just yeah. a weird thing to say, <laughs> not not a wrong thing to say.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I uh, I guess maybe the wording is play- playing with us enough to like be not technically false. I think it when- is. And maybe I, part I of it was be...
0: Darrow had to sort of commit himself to that that bit, basically. He had to commit to the bit
1: <laughs> that bit. was
0: dead um, in order to, like, kind of get in the right, essentially, acting space. But it makes sense that he would still be feeling terrified because, A, there are some revelations on that little journey, such as the fact that the Jackal's fleet is on Luna or around Luna, um, that are genuinely really frightening and could spell disaster, so him, he would have sort of the same reaction to that, whether he was, you know, doing things all according to plan or just actually genuinely being captured.
1: Yeah, that's that's true. It was a certainly a daring plan.
0: <laughs> it really was. It's almost annoyingly so, though, like as much as I love <laughs> what happens, they really counted on some shit going the way it went. And I mean, maybe they had contingencies, but for example, they were like, we know that the Jackal is going to take Severo's weapon and he's going to try to execute Darrow with Severo's weapon. It's such a gamble.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's just like, I feel like I'm looking at that and I'm saying like, well, that's more like a, uh, it would be nice if this happens, but it's not necessarily critical to the plan. It's not yeah. like Jackal's ever been a fighter.
0: Yeah. Like if instead Aja was about to go behead Darrow. They would have just not had that moment where, like, a fake execution happened.
1: Yeah, and at some point, I bet someone would have tried to grab that scorcher and shoot someone, <laughs> like...
0: <laughs> yeah, it was still gonna be useful.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and any moment when, like, someone thinks, oh, I've got the upper hand, let me just shoot them real quick, and, oh, no, explodes.
0: And it does make sense that the, um, that the jackal would take it. And Yeah, so, and he's,
1: all about, he's all about trophies.
0: Yeah, so I think that that sort of fits, like, oh, well, the jackal will take this and he'll try to kill somebody, and... So on and so forth. Although, honestly, that also is a gamble, because the jackal being who he is, you wouldn't necessarily be surprised if he just grabbed it and, like, shot someone for pissing him off or something. Like, it wouldn't be totally out of character. Although maybe he was still trying to be full charmer.
1: Yeah, I think he is n- not... I think he tries not to show the monster he is enough, when that would be a pretty safe bet he wouldn't just do it randomly.
0: Yeah, true. I mean, it comes out
1: more in moments of stress. Right, and he also doesn't want to get his own hands dirty sometimes. That's true. Like, he wasn't going to execute Darrow until Darrow taunted him in the in the room.
0: Oh, in, yeah. In the
1: bunker. He was, I forget who was going to do it. Um, some some one of the Olympic knights, I don't think it was Cassius, was going to execute Darrow, and Darrow was taunting the jackal. Jackal was hold on, no, wait, never mind, I want to do that
0: the <laughs> someone's like okay fine you're ransoming my entire moon
1: whatever <laughs> guess whatever you want i really enjoyed the portrayal of uh octavia as like uh fine like like <laughs> it was a very good like exhausted like other people getting mad on her part on her uh behalf and she's like oh, okay i don't care I'm darrow talking- is a really great
0: character reader though that he's like okay something's going on there's some sort of leverage here and just don't know what
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it goes down to his entire life so far has been trying to figure out how to get people to benefit him in his goals. And
0: also trying to hide his motivations. That's true.
1: You became very aware of what people around you are doing if you're trying to hide what you're doing.
0: Right. Yeah, that makes sense. If you're very, very good at something, you'll notice it when it's done less well.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it's kind of remarkable that Darrow is so good at that. Well, it's helpful. I mean, it, it certainly is helpful, but, like, I'm sitting here, like, well, I understand you had, like, training, but it seems... It, it is one of the biggest leaps I have to make in this book, in this whole series.
0: That Darrow acts so well?
1: That Darrow is such an excellent actor. Like, his, his deceit is so masterful that even in a society like Gold, where people are conniving and sneaking and like trying to get their machinations to conquer over other people. No one sees his, this actual truth.
0: Um, you know, I do think it actually makes sense in the context of the later books, because years have passed. And Darrow really kind of does become the persona of the Reaper. Like that, that is who he is at mm-hmm. that point. And they're, and they're critical years of his life, you know, it's like his late teens. So I think that that is truly the person that he is, but he does, it's true. He does like make a lot of maneuvers and hide his true, his true um, plans. But I think that he's able to do that because his true plans had so often intersected with what other people wanted him to do. And so his, his real move was, for example, in um, Golden Sun, making Nero decide to rise up against the Sovereign. So then, I mean, that's what Darrow wanted to do. And making, all he had to do was convince Nero that that's what he wanted to do too, or that it was the right time to do it. And then the rest of the book, I mean, they had the same objective. Darrow's just reason why was different from Nero's. Oh, that's
1: certainly true. But
0: it, it's really nice in this book, watching Dero get to be his authentic self.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gets to be with the, the Reds and like, actually be who he was growing up.
0: Yeah. And it's so funny because it's such a, it's like a more intense version of introducing your high school friends to your college friends. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about that. <laughs> when I was like, thinking
1: about specifically just like clashing any friend groups.
0: I yes. know, which is so stressful. And you're like, what are they going to talk about? Probably yeah. me. I'm what they have in common. <laughs> I, I, I'm always so stressed out whenever I have to do that. And like, it's usually wonderful and bears great fruits. Uh, as in this case, but <laughs> but it is very stressful in the moment. He just wants everyone to get along and everyone to think well of each other and no one to judge you for being friends with those people.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like that moment of terror is, that is described when he walks in and sees Mustang and his mom talking. Unsupervised. <laughs> it's such a relatable emotion.
0: I know. Emotion. <laughs> I know. Somebody of like, the things oh, he goes through are
1: not remotely relatable, and that one was
0: just very, very, very relatable.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, at that moment, he was just Darrow. Yeah, He wasn't the Reaper. And it's those little moments of seeing Darrow that really make Morningstar a unique in this trilogy.
0: Yeah, totally true. I mean, and especially, like... God, Golden Sun was so stressful because he was just so out, out on a limb the whole book, and he had no backup whatsoever. And, like, in this one, he is but at least he's not also juggling like trying to maintain this falsehood like and and he can sort of more openly plot i mean he's not playing with his friends in the same way
1: i guess he's out on a limb in that like he is risking it but he's not so much in in golden sun because in golden sun we saw moments when he was wondering if the revolution would ever really happen we saw his doubts as he was more and more <clears throat> immersed into the golden world. Yeah, totally. Like where he became their hero and he was having doubts about whether or not, not just how he imagined, but whether or not maybe he uh, misconceived or like, m- misjudged the Sons of Ares and their potential strength.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like and, he literally didn't even know if that was still going on.
1: <laughs> right. And it's in this book that he gets to see the Sons of Ares at its full power. But right,
0: he he at least has all the information.
1: Yeah. About his they're, side. They're not, you know, slugging it out with their goals on a one to one, but like they are a powerful organization. They do have resources.
0: Way like, more than I the reader had ever imagined. <laughs> right? Yeah. I like, think they revealed Tino so I'm like
1: what the hell? <laughs>
0: How? You guys have a city?
1: Yeah, and it's awesome and he gets to like so I th- I mean so he gets to be with his people and be with his family, and I think that in this book he has more support than he's ever had before.
0: That is like, definitely true. He is true.
1: less on a limb because he has the full you know the full might of red behind him. Yeah, I mean that might be
0: the trade-off is that he has no one to take. I mean, like nobody is responsible for him. He is he is responsible for the whole movement at that point.
1: Well, that's true. We saw I mean we saw Fitchner as Ares. We saw. uh, Dancer, <clears throat> uh, dancer. We saw Nero as his overseer, his we warlord in uh, yeah. Son,
0: I mean, it's...
1: it in a real sense, one of his mentors, right? I mean, and eventually, like that is how that works. Though eventually, you no longer have coverage.
0: Yeah, and you were the one making all the calls. Yeah, and he had to, but it's actually this kind of segues nicely into Severo's arc in this book because. Yep. Darrow had to very deliberately say like mm, no I am I have to be the one leading and he had to like sort of choose to take that mantle on and because of the circumstances like he kind of had an out because Sever had been leading the Rising with obviously as we saw mixed success um, and he was like a great inspiration and like you know people the people loved him and everything but he wasn't um necessarily the visionary that the rising needed and while i mean i thought it was very interesting and like kind of nice that when darrow came back they pretty much just treated him like any other gifted soldier in the rising like he had to do all these training missions and he had to go through like the initiation to become a howler again even though he was like the, the original leader of the howlers um so it was all it was all like It was kind of nice that he had to kind of go through all that. And that was always Darrow's thing as a leader, is that he wouldn't ask people to do what he would not himself do. It was sort of how he differentiated himself at the Institute. Um, But the result of all that was that Darrow kind of... I mean, I think that... I don't know. I, I don't know that he necessarily was, like, expected to lead the rising like people sort of were like oh he got really messed up maybe maybe he won't lead it maybe we'll just follow Ares and he had to decide and act and say no I'm the leader I'm back I'm ready we're doing this
1: like the people wouldn't have faulted him following Severo
0: and it's almost like this moment of is Darrow a leader or is he just like the symbol and a soldier obviously Darrow could have very competently followed Severo and and executed his will, and sort of been just like a like oh yeah it's Darrow like leader of the charge, but he wasn't the one calling the shots.
1: Right, he wasn't the mastermind.
0: And I almost wonder if the bulk of the Sons of Ares would have known the difference anyway.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I think the. I think the part of, one of the more interesting parts of the book to me is watching Darrow try not to second guess Severo. Yeah, it was really sweet. Like, he's like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna let him do his thing." And no matter how much Victora is coming up and be like, "Hey, uh, you buying into this?" <laughs> Are we There's, good? Like, Severo's leading. Like, he was here when I wasn't. Yeah, and it's it it gets a lot of respect for Darrow for because like that is a difficult decision especially when you were the mover like in golden sun he wasn't necessarily he wasn't in charge but he was the mover he was in charge as far as the rising stuff was concerned well i mean as far as like his major actions like the war yeah he was another advisor but nothing would have happened unless he had you know jumped up on that table and started bad-mouthing the bologna
0: yeah i mean he had a boss essentially you had somebody who had to sign off on everything he did
1: right um but my point is like none of that would have happened if he hadn't done it oh i see what you're saying everything yes. that happened in golden sun was a result of of his decisions
0: actions. oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. sorry in... i missed what your, what your point was <laughs> i'm with you
1: <laughs> <laughs> in, in morningstar he uh he he loses that and he's trying to acknowledge accept that he is not that role anymore um I I wonder how much of it was innate, like his own traits that required, demanded of him to be that shaker, the shaker and the mover, or if it was, as it seemed to be portrayed, a, this is not what's best. Um, And and we see he leads better. Like We do see that the the Rising suddenly is more successful under Darrow because of some pretty bold decisions he made.
0: Yeah, and... I was going to say this earlier. Um, You got to wonder how much of these books are luck (laughs) versus vision. Um, It does seem like some stuff just sort of works out (laughs) in the best possible way. (laughs) And like, yeah, there's subtle subtle maneuvering and everything. Um, But actually it is kind of interesting uh, because in the, um, in Golden Sun, he had to try to, as you said, be, be, the one making all the decisions, even though he did have somebody to answer to, and he had to basically convince Nero, like, this is what we should do, this is what we're gonna do. Um, whereas in this book, like, <laughs> he has to be like, okay, uh, I guess I'll follow Severo, and like, eventually, um, I guess has to sort of more more overtly take take control because I, I, again, I like, I just wonder what the, what the, um, rank and file of the sons of aries think is going on like do they think Ares is in charge or do they think that darrow is in charge um <laughs> because probably and i don't know if he ever mentions anything about this but if i were darrow i would be worried that like Severus' bad decisions would kind of tarnish his reputation and people would be like oh i can't believe darrow did that basically <laughs> if people do think of him as the true leader so it's kind of a kind of a swap I also think that just due to like fatigue, essentially, I wonder if Darrow was kind of trying to, like, it, it. there was definitely loyalty in the decision to try to follow Severo. But I wonder if he was also just kind of like, oh, thank God, somebody else is going to make the calls. That's a good point. Like, that you must know?
1: be a huge weight off his back, especially when the last time he was in charge, it went so poorly.
0: Right. And he's used to answering to Aries. Aries was like the only person he did answer to in the end. Yeah, that's true. Um, so that's sort of, and so as Severus as Ares is, um, as Ares, uh, well, as Ares, I guess, <laughs> and and the heir of Ares. It does not make like a very natural
1: shift for him. Yeah. Uh, and also, obviously, his spirit took a major beating.
0: Yeah, and, like after and he had a lot of torture. self-doubt.
1: Yeah. But it he got was, it back.
0: Uh, got I mean, his groove back.
1: <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> it was just. It took. It took a lot to get there, and it took. Uh, it took some ribbing, some friendly ribbing. <laughs> it, it took a particularly mouthy red. And
0: It took uh, his friends being in danger.
1: Yeah, like it. It kind of all culminated in him snapping back. I. I enjoyed the cathartic moment between him and Severo when they beat the crap out of each other in the hallway. And then started crying. Yeah, and then he friend him. But it's it's like, it, it was a good moment because, like, it is clear that Severo. Severo and Darrow always had this teamwork. Like between yeah. the two of them, they could accomplish anything. Yeah, and like they they comp- they had one they had strengths that complement each other really well. Yeah, and when one of them was gone, it was clear how much of a uh, how, how much more difficult everything became for the who was left. So yeah, it's, like, it's a moment for Severo, too because obviously Darrow had a. a Real shit year. but (laughs) Severo had to try to keep this revolution together. A revolution. He almost joined by accident. Yeah, basically. And then all of a sudden, he is now Ares in charge of this revolution to take down gold.
0: Like, just because, essentially, he's friends with Darrow. (laughs) He's
1: friends with Darrow and his dad was Ares. And
0: his dad was Ares, yeah, which is also a huge part of it. But, like, I don't know. I don't know if either one of those alone would have been enough to put him in that position.
1: That's true. Because, I mean, he has no love of gold, clearly, but... It's, there's a leap between having no love of gold and going to war with gold. Yeah. I'm not sure we would have seen.
0: Yeah. But I mean, Severo... Yeah. I don't know that he would have necessarily done it. A, he might have joined in. But like it, this really is the best possible case for Severo. <laughs> he wouldn't have had a happy life just as a normal gold without the society uh, getting taken down. Without the rising, I guess I should say.
1: I mean, that's certainly true. Because the he was had his raw deal in the society, and... Yeah,
0: you know. I mean, he was just like Fitchner. He was a peerless scarred, but he wasn't, like, s- considered special, or, like, desirable.
1: Right, he was a peerless scarred without any of the connections.
0: Yeah, exactly, without any, like, the social power. Like, he had the credentials, but none of the, um... None of the influence. Yeah, so
1: and it was... And really no way
0: of gaining influence.
1: Uh...
0: And, and he wouldn't have wanted it. Like, he didn't really care for any of those people.
1: Generally he wouldn't speaking. have wanted has to do the things that, ma- that would get him influence. Like, doing, be, get, following the path to get influence would have been really bad for Severo. He couldn't have done it.
0: And he wouldn't, yeah, he just wouldn't have. Straight up and down. Yeah. It's not in his character.
1: So, it works. I mean, it it all worked out very well, obviously. Because, yeah. yay, plot Armor. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God for that. This is, uh, the one saving grace. Yeah. You know, we were talking earlier about Severo's death uh, and how jarring it was for you, even knowing he's not dead. Yeah. One thing I remember that was particularly jarring for me during this re- run was when Ragnar died. Oh, it is so sad. Because it was so much earlier than I remembered it being in the book.
0: You were really like not like, ready for it's it. It's like
1: took a third of the way through the book. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, it is really really bad. Really it.
1: It's a pretty major loss for the first act, right? And Ragnar is what or was like far and away my favorite character. <laughs>
0: like, oh, was he really?
1: Yeah, I love Ragnar.
0: Well, and the rest of the first third is them being like, Ah, oh,
1: Ragnar, you're so great. <laughs>
0: like, it was a real love song.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Talk about the shield of Tinos and like, Oh, it's seeing so him good.
0: with Darrow's nieces and nephews.
1: Yeah. And like he was great in the first one, but like this was such a clear like let's show the better side of Ra-, like the softer, more human side of right Ra- now before we brutally cut him down in his prime.
0: Yeah, like we only sort of got a glimpse of that in uh, Morning Sun.
1: Yeah, I mean, really, the like only him talking about, about how he of, loved his sisters and his mother, basically, and that was it. <laughs> the moment I can think of the most in that book is at the end, before Mustang leaves the mine. Yes. Like, that is a very powerful moment for Ragnar.
0: It's very vulnerable and we don't really see him being vulnerable.
1: No, the gigantic obsidian. Nah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, it's basically that and the scene where Daryl, like, explains everything to him and he's just, like, left dumbfounded for a while.
1: Yeah, he finds out this guy is, like, literally trying to start a revolution. Yeah. I and mean, it's Succeeding like, okay, you've got about,
0: about 45 seconds to decide if you're in a rat. <laughs> so, see you out I, there.
1: I might kill you if you're not.
0: I'm not sure. You'd be kind of
1: a loose end if no, but let's let's just let's just think about it. Well, let's just play this one by ear. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like and so you spend the first third of the book finding out, Oh, Reinar is so great, he has this he off is. On the side. It's so just dead. sweetie. And it's just bad. It's so bad. And I like I texted you, I was like, I forgot how emotionally terrifying that was oh it was so sad i'm like in the middle of 7-eleven long too it's a long death scene yeah he has this like this beautiful moment with his sister about how he wants to live for more and then she stabs him like yeah
0: well she tries to put like the axe in her hand in his hand and yes
1: he says no yeah then he grabs her hand instead to try to symbolize i just got goosebumps yeah it's just it's it's, it's such a the imagery in that scene is so beautiful it it really is. is It is such a—it's a testament to Pierce Brown's writing. God, he's so good. (sighs) (laughs) He's just so good, Peter. So good. (laughs) So good. So he really is. Anyway, oh man. Oh, jeez. I'm sad again.
0: No, I just haven't feeling. Why'd you bring that up now, Peter? We're only like halfway through the episode.
1: Oh, here. Um, If that. Anyway, (coughs) uh, so. I think one of the other things we want to talk about was the uh, concept of building versus breaking and Mustang's test. Yes, definitely. This is back to your point earlier about how Darrow was, you you were talking about how Darrow is so perceptive of the people around him. Yeah. Especially Mustang, who he knows extremely well. And it's just, it's very interesting to see him, like, there it is. Like, it feels like she's testing me again. Like, it's <laughs> no, continuously happening. And, I mean, and it is. She is testing him.
0: <laughs> and he is correct. Yeah. trying to get uh, anything past Dara.
1: Yeah, apparently Darrow is, like, way smarter than he seems.
0: <laughs> this, Dara's not dumb. has never seemed dumb.
1: No, but, like, that's pretty. Except when he was there's, in love with you. There's a difference between, like, being dumb and, like, being like you know just normal dumb like normal human dumb it's like stupid versus (laughs) dumb i guess uh being yes being brilliant has never been a major part of his character (laughs) identity like it has been for virginia
0: he's a lot more emotionally intelligent than the darrow who was friends with rook in the last book (laughs) would make you think
1: (laughs) (laughs) i should do something about that proceeds to not do anything about that (laughs)
0: It proceeds to make it worse deliberately, <laughs> almost. And <laughs> be like, "Oh, geez, Rook's really upset, huh?" Okay, well, I should do something about that. It I should poison again. him.
1: <laughs> God, it was so infuriating. Yes, it was really <laughs> frustrating. So, like, uh, sh- like I don't know. It was um. Yeah, is, it was. It,
0: it was. An, is a development for De- Darrow yes, to be like big, that. It too. Big move
1: for Darrow. Well, he probably spent the year meditating when he was in the box.
0: Well, I think you probably like I imagine a lot of that time was spent going over past mistakes.
1: That's true. And needed, also thinking about Virginia and what she was box.
0: doing. I'm sorry, what did you say?
1: Nothing. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so the I mean, I feel like it it's way more common a theme obviously in this book, but I feel like in the last book too there was an there was the like part of the doubts that Dare was facing was well what what comes next like how what is better than this is this the best we can do definitely and you see a really a fine focus put on it in this book as he's nearing well if we if this battle wins like if we win this battle we have to figure out the future and that's part of the reason why he took over from Severo because Severo didn't have a plan to build. I need a pretty destructive plan in general. Yeah, like it didn't I mean, need
0: to be as destructive as everyone was doing. Severo was almost like dipping into the um Oh gosh, what was her name? You know, the crazy one. Harmony? Harmony, yeah, the Harmony style of insurrection.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, and that's Like it wasn't it, it wasn't world. pointless violence, but it was pretty violence heavy. <laughs> yeah like we see in the real world any revolution whether it's been justified or not has had to toe the line bef- be, like between just being revolutionaries and being terrorists
0: right and like all i thought it was an interesting thing i it didn't really carry through the book although i think it comes up in the second trilogy correct me if i'm wrong um but the idea that there are all these like different factions of not not like the capital R rising but different um like revolutionary factions popping up a lot of whom are like very violent and just sort of vengeful and not uh, not thinking about like the future and how you can't just execute all the high colors and expect it to be okay like ethics aside it just wouldn't work everything would fall apart
1: yeah any the people that have literally any experience with ruling you can't just get rid of all of them Right. I think all the people who've studied like governance and and finance and administration <laughs> like Yeah. Not to mention the fact that there is a high color section of the rising. Right. So, yes. Like, <laughs> you're you're shooting yourself in the foot. Now while well, they probably didn't know about it because they the re- the real rising didn't know about it until they tried to kill kidnap one of its members. Yeah. Like that's that's reasonable (laughs) it's
0: actually funny though i didn't think about that but that is kind of um like for the severo losing his way argument he kind of was acting like those other factions by wanting to just completely destroy phobos and then by refusing to believe quicksilver when quicksilver's like no like i met you when you were a child like (laughs) i knew your mother i've been in this from the start and so i was like "No way, impossible
1: i like darrow's like i believe him like, here are my reasons why for believing him. They're, like, reasonable reasons. And was like, nah, 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 nah. He's fucking with you, mate.
0: Yeah. like, well, yeah, wait Sefer a second. Was just not not on board with that at all.
1: Yeah, and it's that closed-mindedness that really would have been his downfall as a leader.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, so... But, yes, back to your point, um, Darrow definitely had doubts in Severus based on that idea. And so it does seem like something that Darrow was thinking about even before Mustang came to him. It was like, I need to see if he can be a builder.
1: Now, was it his brother that came up to him after Darrow kind of took charge again? It was like, I'm glad you're back because, like, I'm not really sure he had a plan. Or
0: maybe Dancer. It could have been either, I think. Have,
1: no, I don't think it was Dancer. Maybe it was Karen. I think it was his brother.
0: Yeah. I, <laughs> I, like I... Now we're confident
1: things are actually
0: going to something and not just focusing on the battle but like but what's actually going to yeah. um, be the changes in the world. Yeah, he's like
1: Aries clear cuz no, Dancer was like very pro Aries. Oh no no that no. He that was Nero. not Sorry, pro Sorry, that was Nero. Nero was like a Aries family. Narrow. You're
0: Nero. Kind of Nero? Yeah, Nero. Nero. Uh um, Is there an L there? There's an L, yeah.
1: I've never seen his name spelled. It's, it's Nero the, the with an L at the end. <laughs> <of> audiobooks.
0: We talked about this in the last
1: episode too. All the weird stylizations. Oh, Nero. That's it. Yeah. In the real yeah, version of, of these books, uh, Lilith earlier.
0: Yeah, L I L A T H. What uh,
1: Lilith? What Lilith? Uh, we definitely. I also feel like we discussed this in the past.
0: No, we have. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, specifically Lilith.
0: Oh no, no, not Lilith. That was new. Uh, I and mean, we we discussed that like a half hour ago, but. <laughs>
1: other than that,
0: uh, half hour ago, so long. Yeah, so well, I guess earlier. at least forty minutes ago. But anyway, that's that's not really that's
1: not really important. <laughs> anyway, um,
0: so you were yeah, saying that, that nero
1: loved Aries. Uh, I was trying to think of other people who had thought this about, like, who was telling, who could have been telling about. I think it's Kieran.
0: Dancer was not on board with Sever at all as Aries.
1: No, I because Dancer was like kind of put off by the fact that a gold was Aries, but not like put off in the same way Harmony was put off.
0: Yeah, I think he was okay with Fitchner.
1: Because Fitchner was, like, the
0: founder. So that got him enough cred for Dancer. I mean, Did you was... discuss, like, why Dancer believed in the Rising even though it was led by a... Le- even though it was led by a gold? I don't really think I'm not so. sure it was
1: discussed. I don't know. Um, All I know about Dancer really is that he's handsome. <laughs> Daryl really loves him. Dara thinks he's just so handsome. Dara loves how handsome dancer is. <laughs> really, all I'm saying, he talks about it every time. He's like, "Look at the handsome man being."
0: He just talks quiet. about how handsome Darrow dancer is way more often than he talks about how beautiful Virginia is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> all I'm saying is, it might be a connection. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying.
0: No, I thought it was interesting that um, Quicksilver basically got blackmailed into joining the Rising to begin with. Yeah. And then, like, basically it, it was controlling an entire side faction. Was, like, literally
1: equal to Ares just about for, for decades. I thought it's interesting that I, a gold was the leader of the high, of the low-color faction and a silver was the leader of the high-color faction.
0: I know. And I think that it's, it's definitely not clear in the first book. And it kind of becomes clear over the course of the series that, like, silvers and coppers are also very powerful. And, like, living very luxurious lives, they are not golds and that you need to know their place, quote-unquote, but, like, they are not... They're not slaves.
1: I think it depends on the silver and the copper. Like... Yes, there is
0: room for growth, but you are not necessarily going to be powerful.
1: Yeah, like, Quicksilver is an anomaly. I mean, it's very clear that Quicksilver is an anomaly for silvers. Uh, Yeah,
0: they even talk about, like, how he has to be very manipulative to have been allowed to grow so wealthy and successful.
1: Yeah, like, there's rumored talk that he owns contracts of gold and everyone's like but you can't no one can know that. You know um, what's her name? Um, right,
0: like Fitchner worked for him. Fitchner was his employee.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like it's a it's he, he's there's definitely room for silver and copper to become powerful but there's also the copper in the the mine who is like a joke. Yeah. So like, But
0: I mean he he still could have got traveled and you know had his pinks and all that jazz
1: I suppose that's true it's still better than the reds yeah i, I don't think that coppers and silvers are considered slaves no i mean i don't think many are considered slaves cuz even even high reds aren't considered slaves like it's that's not true is that true no they're paid workers they're just barely paid
0: <laughs> they're indentured servants
1: i mean kind of yeah so like they i they... mean in
0: a very literal sense it sounds like the ones on phobos definitely are exactly that Right, so they are
1: paid, and but they have to like pay for their housing and shit, and it's all very carefully balanced so that they can't actually...
0: <laughs> They're extremely poorly treated, but technically paid workers.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think the only slaves are um, probably low pinks, low reds, and obsidians. Did
0: you say something other than pinks, low reds, and obsidians? No,
1: I think I said probably pinks. Oh, yeah. I don't. I, I think pinks, there's probably room for that same um, like some of them are not some of them are. But most Maybe. of them are. Maybe we don't get that much insight into how the pinks operate, other than
0: like was Theodora a slave?
1: Yeah, because that's what I'm thinking about the roses.
0: I think that the roses are slaves. Like you buy a rose,
1: they're just favorite slaves, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think they're like well treated. Well, you know, not necessarily. And also, there's the rape, but <laughs> I think lots, that and they- lots of rape. Such <laughs> so, so much rape. Um, I think that they are probably
1: okay. So we've got low reds, pinks, and obsidians are the slave groups.
0: I think it's like they are, they bought nice things are bought for them because their masters, their owners want them to be beautiful, you know? And they're probably like kept well, quote unquote, for that reason.
1: Mm. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Fair. Okay. So the, I'm they, pretty sure they're
0: still slaves. So I think probably isn't... Theodora was a slave, if I had to guess.
1: I think actually, yeah, I think like she was given to him. Like, there, I think there's a lot of like the wording there is pretty clearly slave yeah. based.
0: Who, by the way, is thriving and living her best life in The Rising.
1: <laughs> I really enjoyed that.
0: I know. I love that she Theodora. became a spy master. <laughs> like... I know. Well, it makes so much sense. Pinks are the perfect spies. That's true. And not that I, I don't think that her spies were limited to pinks, but pinks are the perfect spies.
1: <laughs> right. But like your entire life is trying to make people not realize how much you hate them. It's probably pretty accurate. As as
0: <laughs> very, the yeah, you're very good at uh, hiding that at right. hiding your, your emotions and your motives and you also will probably hear a lot of shit because people think of you as an
1: object. Yep. So the this probably prime opportunity for slave. For, uh,
0: I mean, well, on, on that note, it's a very small moment, but Roke's final betrayer is a pink, his pink slave who he seems to really care for actually.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's a I mean, that is the the deciding factor of that battle is one pink slave designed to rebel against her master.
0: Yeah, who who thought like who who basically bought the lie?
1: Yeah, believed that she actually cared for him, right? Or cared for him a great deal. Maybe she did a little bit because he didn't treat her horribly, but
0: yeah, I imagine Rook was a kind master, but he was still a master. Uh, you know, an owner.
1: Yeah, and that's not something people are entirely interested in accepting. <laughs>
0: that's a pretty that's a pretty bad position to be uh, navigating from. Right, you can a, be a uh, nice slave owner qu- quarter, but you're still a slave owner. <laughs> <laughs> right uh, that'll that's a big negative yeah big big x mark in that book got a lot of space to recover on that one
1: yeah so and i imagine Rook probably treated his pigs the best out of any gold like or yes. among them like i bet he was exceedingly annoying about it like trying yeah to pretend i bet that people like made fun slave.
0: of him for it you know
1: <laughs> oh yeah that too i thought i was thinking like trying to pretend that she wasn't asleep when she is Oh, I can see that being like pretty bad. So honestly. much
0: worse. It's so much more grating than just like, okay, this is what it is.
1: Yeah, there, there's a That's certain. That's probably true. I bet there's a certain relief from the realism of going, yep, this is not like a fake romantic relationship. <laughs> I'm I'm doing a job. Yeah, like I don't know.
0: I guess I don't want to speculate on what the- Yeah, I've uh, got no frame
1: of reference for this.
0: What, what like, the the best version of being a sex slave is, <laughs> so I guess I won't try. <laughs> I, I guess that. we'll
1: just leave this topic here.
0: <laughs> we'll just leave the pinks alone. So please leave the pinks alone.
1: <laughs> Everyone leave the pinks alone. Seriously. Oh, God. Um, do you want to talk about selling out the Suns?
0: Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's big, man. And you gotta yeah. wonder how Darrow sleeps at night. It's like the ultimate utilitarian calculation. Like we will lose everyone. Well, okay, it was bad enough that he was like, "We'll leave the belt alone. You guys can do your thing." Or you know, the outer, the outer um, system. Like we'll leave you alone. You you can live your th- live your lives, stay your society, whatever. Um, that was bad enough. But the fact that he would actually sell out the Rising in in the outer system. I also kind of didn't really, I don't know. I wasn't convinced it was necessary. Because he hadn't pulled the move with the nukes yet. Which was by far the deciding factor.
1: Yeah, I'm just not sure how much he... The nukes are a more dangerous game, almost. Because, like, if he finds out it has or it gets any shred of proof that they lied about the nukes regardless of how the war goes with the core you're at war again like that seems like um
0: oh you mean if if romulus knew yeah if, if, Dar- if romulus was, discovered well, Daryl Dar- wasn't lying Daryl wasn't plying. <laughs> implying not lying uh, okay well, there's that the morning star <laughs> which also should have given it away Romulus Romulus is like I wonder what that means <laughs> <laughs> but no it's very much like you draw your own conclusions a wink about <laughs> the whole thing
1: yeah so it's like a I don't know if there, there's more In when you're playing games like this I do wonder if it's almost more worth the lives of thousands of your revolutionaries like it's not a small price or a dangerous lie to a powerful man or dangerous implied lie to a powerful man
0: like um, the cost could,
1: um- could be so much higher if Romulus turned on him
0: you know that's that's probably true because he didn't know whether or not Roke was aware and so Roke might have had a plan
1: Yeah, Froak was was like, oh, well, this is our proof, actually, that it was stolen. I was bringing it to this deal.
0: Oh, yeah, like, here's the police report.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Here's (laughs) our investigation of the jackal. Uh, Here's why we think he stole them. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or even tell him the lie that the jackal's been feeding them, which is that the son stole it.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: And that, like, turns it right back around. So I could see that being his, uh... uh, Yeah, Romulus does eat
0: it up very easily.
1: The nuke plan?
0: Yeah, which which does make sense given the the trauma that Raya would have been.
1: I mean, yeah, if I saw if if the moon had a a whole society of people on it, and I again I saw looked up every night and saw the shining beautiful moon that I know is a corpse,
0: right? That previously held millions and millions of lives. Yeah, that
1: would be a star. Like that would keep that very close,
0: including probably friends.
1: Yeah, absolutely, colleagues. You know, friends, colleagues, people you respected and admired. Yeah. Maybe family.
0: Very possibly.
1: Like It seems like that is the the Trump card to play. But yeah. again, since it's so emotionally volatile, that would be my last resort.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense.
1: So it's a I can I can see why you might jump to that seemed unnecessary. Or that seemed like you could have done that first before giving up all the sons. But...
0: I guess it's... It, it, it was... I In a way, it was probably a show of good faith. Like, if Darrow hadn't promised to do that, I wonder if Romulus would have trusted him enough to believe the nuke thing, too.
1: That's true, too. I mean, that is a... That's a big step. It shows that he is, A, serious about his commitment to leave the room alone. Yeah. Like... Which he's not... <laughs> he is well
0: he the leaving it alone part yes all the implications therein, no
1: <laughs> i mean still
0: leaving it alone that's 100% what he's in for what do you mean i mean when he destroyed all the docks
1: oh i suppose that's fair <laughs> well, and then he leaves them that, alone <laughs> that seems more like he didn't believe that they would leave him alone yes and that was never part of the deal like, Romulus never said, and none of our ships will cross the belt inward. He said, none of your ships will cross the belt out.
0: That is true. Although, with the with what time we spent with Romulus, I'm not sure whether he would have. It seemed like they kind of just wanted to be left alone. like The outer, outer planets. Yeah. The moon lords just kind of wanted to be left to their own devices.
1: It's possible, but Romulus might, you know, Romulus will die at some point. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, totally. Eventually, I, somebody I, I will see probably. That being a very safe. I mean it's it's obviously a fucking grim decision.
0: Oh yeah. And
1: Victor sees like everyone sees that.
0: Oh my god! I just got goosebumps again thinking about Victor saying this one's on me.
1: Yeah, I mean, but, oh, but we we see we were talking before this episode, and we we're like, let's take down some notes. All right, so Severus' evolution. We didn't even talk about Victor's we evolution.
0: Can't, can't even touch Victor. Oh, she's amazing. <laughs> We should absolutely talk about Victra
1: I mean so It's such a great transition To watch her go from this tortured Revenge focused Like demon Almost like all she cares about is Killing her sister Right. And she like Ends up like falling in love And actually believing Someone in the movement You know understanding that friends Like she is worthy of friends
0: Yeah and sort of realizing what poison the society had been to our life, yeah, and all the darkness that it had generated that way of life,
1: yeah like it's it's kind of like how i mean i I kind of look at the society and I go, yeah, um like communism or socialism is like great in theory, yeah, but it's never worked in practice, right, and it's like this it is too like. It is too easy for it to become horrible.
0: I mean, and, and <laughs> that's kind in of like a society. The society is a lot more stable than past experiments with communism, too.
1: But the obviously,
0: well, there is just straight up slavery. I wonder
1: what government structure the society would most be like. What it would most associate with
0: what do you mean like who they would want to be no, no like with, like
1: or? like what government like system of government would the society most closely resemble
0: existing system of government
1: yeah because like it's a dictatorship clearly but like also, yes. but also not because in theory octavia should have been elected
0: yeah i'm not really sure what happened there it's, the history of that seems unclear as far to as i mean. can tell
1: she just didn't let herself get elected on like voted on again it's some Putin shit. <laughs> it is some. It does strike me as some Putin shit, yeah.
0: <laughs> She's like, okay, sovereign for life. And they're all like, oh god, that goes on forever. <laughs> Stupid modern technology. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> She'll never die. <laughs> She'll never die.
1: So, like, I don't know, I, w- I just wonder which, which system. Because it does seem like it's not capitalism, because that's why silver joined the revolution. That's
0: Quicksilver's whole thing, yeah. Yeah. He's. I thought that was very interesting. Especially... So, an interesting move on Brown's part is that there's nobody in these books who's, like, really a Democrat. Like, it's not really vilified by the rising in the way it's vilified by Golds. But they are quick to be like, oh, no, 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 we're we're not Democrats. (laughs) Like, Quicksilver is very clear about it. It is, like, still kind of a dirty word. And then, obviously, at the end of the um, at the end of the series, that's not the way the society is going. It's not becoming a democracy. It's just being it's being reformed, and huge things are happening, and like the whole slave labor thing is going away. But that doesn't make it a democracy. Like it, Virginia is going to be the sovereign, and she's going to be an absolute ruler.
1: Yeah, it's like a it's like the entire society is like completely saturated with the democracy, that noble lie. Like, quote. Like, the tagline of the society.
0: Right. And I mean, it's sort of like how today, if somebody was going to create a society on, like, the moon, they wouldn't institute a monarchy. <laughs> <laughs> it was, like, such a dead system. I'm
1: the king of the moon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it.
0: <laughs> it feels like actually, I would like that, please. I, You're I, very pro monarchy, Peter. I would very
1: much take that.
0: Um, but but it's sort of like
1: that. Like, we in Tory. the modern era
0: are like, oh, monarchies—they never work. <laughs> like absolute monarchies are not uh, correct.
1: Yeah, that's um, not, that's not the answer.
0: That's not the answer, right? We like, got this God new Constitution but... We're like, this is
1: this might be the answer, but now we're like, no, no, it's not the answer. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's almost like that where it's
0: like such a dead concept that everyone's like no, 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 no. Oh, yeah. ho, ho.
1: that's a funny comparison i never thought of that in this book before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> huh. it is funny it's funny because democracy is as basically as old as monarchy basically <laughs> like it goes back to athens almost
0: yeah almost
1: so like it's pretty old
0: <laughs> yeah yeah um i mean it, it wasn't around for a while there
1: I mean the Rome. Which part? Do you mean like the Middle Ages?
0: Yeah, I mean like 500 to whenever the uh, Magna Carta was signed. At least, oh which boy. wasn't even really democracy, just like less absolute monarchy.
1: It was like you have some limits. Like you can't just kill a slave <laughs> all, for no reason.
0: Right. Yes.
1: Yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. You know, one of the
0: not even 500. I mean, really, whenever the Roman um, Empire happened.
1: Well, it ended in like four sixty two,
0: didn't it? Yeah, but I mean, were the democratic elements of the Roman Empire, that was really an absolute. monarchy. Not at that time. Yeah. Not after. Right. So I'm season. saying. So I'm saying whenever, whenever like Roman absolute. Oh, I see. Imperialism became. I see how things where were
1: going. from
0: from then until the Magna Carta, it's pretty much no democracy. <laughs> at least, at least in the West.
1: Yeah, you know, one of the back to Vittor for a second. One of the lines she yes, has. <laughs> That I Before so my much.
0: historical knowledge and lack thereof is revealed any further.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank God didn't listen to the show. <clears throat> Just mock you. So, Seriously. The, uh one of the scenes Tell me about you all the loved. all the
0: great democracies of the
1: East. <laughs> uh it's probably a lot, honestly. <laughs> it's like, uh, no,
0: a very limited sliver.
1: But go, please, Victoria. <laughs> Victoria oh please. yes, Victor. So if I don't get this out, I'm not gonna remember what I'm saying. <laughs> so one of the things i kind of one of the part of her turning point because we saw her go from i don't give a shit about your revolution to okay i get it to going yeah fuck you for goals (laughs) like like fuck you society like uh yeah she does make that transition over time and she's having this conversation with darrow about it and he's like does this not bother you that we're doing this and she's like i don't know i mean i've always seen like as the downtrodden it's been your right to fight whenever you wanted. It's, it's like we can't be mad because you're doing well this time <laughs> i do love that <laughs> like she is such a, a a clear view of the world in a way that no one else has
0: you mean her point of view is unique or you think that she has like the most self-assurance of anybody well she she
1: clearly has the most self-assurance of anyone Let there yeah. be no doubt <laughs>
0: Except for the symbol of Darrow. The man of Darrow has a lot of self-doubt, but the symbol of Darrow has a lot of self-assurance.
1: Oh, I was thinking about but I was talking about Victor. Victor, it's one and the same. She she knows exactly what the hell she is. Yeah, like, Victor is 100% locked in all the time.
0: And it, it's interesting because, like, so much of Golden Sun was people trying to figure out what her thing was. And she's like, I am an open book.
1: <laughs> like I am clear as day. I care about friends. I care about honesty. <laughs> like, people, I think people misjudge her because she doesn't behave how
0: they would behave. But she is very, she is very internally consistent.
1: I think also her, she has on the, she's surface level has a lot of similarities with Antonia.
0: Yeah. She doesn't
1: really seem to give a shit about people. Like,
0: it's very beautiful. Like, yeah. it just like they look alike, you know? Yeah.
1: She's beautiful. Very, she has a lot of like the, she shares a lot of like personality with her mother. And also very like, I feel like yeah. if you meet like them, you like, and stuff, oh, clearly it like these are like Yeah,
0: and that was kind of one of the weird things, was hearing Antonia um, towards the end when she was like a prisoner, and she was talking to Thistle, and she's talking to Darrow, um, like kind of having similar mannerisms to Victra. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty chilling. You're like, but Victor's amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like, it's funny because... Victor you, has a heart. You look at Antonia, and Antonia's like, the whole thing's an act. Yeah. Uh, she is poisoned to her core. And Victor's like no, this is like one hundred percent genuine.
0: I I mean, I yeah. Well I mean the um the heart out of shell I think is genuine for both of them. That's like just just who how they have been trained to behave. Yes. But Victra is not manipulative at all. Like, have we ever seen her manipulate anybody?
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean like no one
0: she doesn't have an interest in it she's just like i'm Victra. i'm powerful i'm awesome i think the
1: first Did emotional moment deal with, get with her <laughs> what'd uh, you say i think the first like emotional moment we get with victor is in the second book when she's like it like is unfair that this was ruined by antonia when she was trying to when she was talking to darrow about like why they never happened basically yeah and like she acknowledges their similarities, and she's like, I am nothing like her.
0: Yeah, and, like, you can't see anything but her.
1: Yeah, and that is, like, she continues to be so clearly different. I don't know, she's just, she's awesome. She's spectacular.
0: She really is. She's and it's ironic because Darrow's, Darrow gets screwed a lot of times because, and, and and benefited a lot of times because he just believes in people. Yeah. And he wants to believe in people, and that allows him to be manipulated. Um, and <laughs> Victor is, like, the only person he never... Well, he, I mean, he tried to give her that benefit of the doubt, but she's right that, like, he couldn't get over Antonia and all the terrible shit she did, um, to, like, fully trust Victoria, at least for a lot of, um, a lot of golden sum. And it, it's just ironic, because Victoria again, was never pretending. She was always exactly who she was. Like I said, like, her, her actions are very internally consistent. Like, she is very loyal, to To the people who are good to her, and like to people she respects, and that's kind of it. She's not like idealistic, really. She's just sort of living living her life. And, um, I do, I do love watching her sort of like become more and more devoted, and I love it when she's like, "God, what what does it take to become a howler? Like, I just want a wolf cloak."
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like very sweet. Um, her like wanting data. I don't want to say, like, stamp of approval, but I guess that status symbol to show that she's, like, back,
1: essentially. She's back. She's a, a powerful contributor.
0: Yeah, and seeing her, like, this iron gold um, following Severo's lead, like, even before they're romantically linked, but looking to him as a leader is really lovely, too. And and r- kind of reminds me of Daryl a lot. That she can sort of be like, hey, like, I trust Merit, essentially.
1: Yeah. She she trusts people based on their actions and it like it really I don't know I mean it goes far for her. Eventually she's betrayed. She's betrayed by the end of Golden Sun, but honestly who didn't see Antonia's betrayal coming? At yeah. some point. Yeah. Oh boy.
0: That was not particularly surprising. <laughs> that that part of that was not yeah,
1: surprising. A lot of that was surprising. Not that part.
0: A- Antonia being on that side, not surprising. <laughs> She was less surprising than the jackal, and the jackal really shouldn't have been surprising. <laughs> but that's a different
1: book; we already covered it. Covered it. Covered it. Covered
0: it. It's just a lot of the arcs are linked together, so I think that's why it keeps coming up.
1: That's certainly true. It, this book is a. I find that this book is very neatly, like in a way that's pretty rare for for books in a trilogy, like in a series. It like, it wraps up a lot of stuff, and like completes the character development arcs. Like, it It was almost like the he wrote this book and then cut it in half,
0: well, I think that each of these books is so much their own beast, like the stories are completely different in each one, but the there's a lot of character continuity that is yes. very well done
1: yeah it is it shows how much how good of an author Pierce Brown is specifically in this context I, don't know, I yeah, I don't know any of his other works, so
0: Wow. One thing that I feel like he never really had time to get into that much is the howlers as individuals, though,
1: yeah, they were always kind like, of treated as a as an entity, yeah, like like a a unit like one unit the howlers yeah, like Pebble and clown were talked about a lot
0: yeah and and like thistle and a lot of um oh, do you mean do you mean specifically the howlers of this book?
1: uh well, yes, but also I but meant throughout the series Thistle talked a fair bit about in this book. I also think like there's too. probably more howlers that we haven't heard about since the first book.
0: I know, I know. Because there were several. So, I don't them. know if it was just. I mean, I think a lot of them died. <laughs> in in Ooh. Golden Sun, like Quinn obviously died, and there were um. I guess Quentin. I can't even remember who specifically. Screwface, right? Did Screwface die in? I don't remember. Golden Sun in the Iron Rain. Oh. Maybe. Um, but like the, the, the reason you don't remember is because i know because they never spend that much time on howlers individual people um so i mean and in this one we get more out of pebble and clown because they are of the originals pretty much the only ones left it sounds like um who are still loyal to darrow Shikes. and Sevro. i know it's like it's sad, but on the other hand you're like, Oh wow, more golds who are like, eh, we'll follow you, whatever.
1: <laughs> I mean it was the outcasts mostly. Like if, Victor is one of the reasons Victor is very unique in, in the Rising is that she is like she is a, a high society gold. She's obviously fallen in status. But like at this point with Antonia and the Jackal pulling their shit, she could probably have worked her way back to the Sovereign's Good Graces.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, I right. mean, if she, if she had been the one to betray Darrow, yeah, obviously she that would have been to
1: betray that. That
0: would have been great for for the society.
1: Right. Exactly. So like she's
0: brought low by her loyalty to Darrow, and that alone. But her loyalty to Darrow is just because she was able to see him as like a great person and a great leader. Whereas with with the Howlers, Darrow sort of reached out his hand to them, and obviously they saw him the same way. But like one of the geniuses of darrow's like existence in the society essentially is that he became that rallying point for the weirdos yeah i mean who were gifted (laughs) just as gifted as the rest of the golds but not necessarily um in the social way
1: (laughs) exactly they all have this incredible genetic engineering and they are like all benefited by the society's evolution essentially of like the gold being so great but uh, But
0: as the outcasts, they also were scrappier, essentially.
1: That's true. They had to fight for everything they had more.
0: Yeah. And I think that, I mean, it's, it, it sounds like a lot of the peerless scarred, a lot of like the quote unquote iron gold um, of high society kind of all think the same way. And so it takes like reaching out to the outcasts to get different perspectives. But you're right. That Victor is kind of the only gold in the rising other than Mustang who. Had prestige, and status, and probably could have like I mean definitely could have done well in a society in a society without the Rising, um, but maybe never would have like fulfilled herself completely. Yeah, and I guess the the Telemannises, but they're really there for Mustang.
1: Yeah, the, she's well. Mustang has a lot of other goals with her that I assume are will to do. I was thinking more specifically the Rising. I don't see, like, I feel like Mustang- Like the rising is, leadership. Yeah, like, Mustang isn't really in the rising. Mustang has her own fleet. At least for a while.
0: That's true. She's very clear that this is an alliance with the rising.
1: Yes, I mean, her and Darrow clearly have a relationship, or, you know, in both senses of the word, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> like, they clearly are, still have romantic interests, but then eventually, y- yada, yada, yada. So, like- but she <laughs> has a clear sense of independence where she is working with Darrow despite their personal connections. Yes. So I don't, I didn't really think of counting as her because she's clearly like straight up society princess.
0: Oh yeah, completely. That's true. Her and her faction are just, I mean, they're the reformers.
1: Yes, reformers. That was it. That was what I was looking for. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, you're right. It, it. I think you're right that it's a mistake to, to consider her to be a part of it. I mean, it was made clear in the beginning, and obviously, it all gets kind of blurred by the end, um, especially because the rising um, as- gives her ascension to power. Um, but yeah, I mean, they they were they were allies, not one in the same. They had complementary goals.
1: Yeah, I wonder how much that would have been different if uh, they hadn't been captured at the triumph. Like if this, if the rising hadn't been so heavily damaged. Like if eventually. Darrow would have been like, alright, and also we have the rising, and like if the reformers would have been more melded into it. uh, If he had the chance to to facilitate that instead of essentially no contact for a year while they fight separate battles.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. We'll never know. We'll never know. Do you think it was the right call to release Darrow's carving? I mean, obviously things all worked out, but... I think they treated it as a mistake, but I'm kind of like, no, I think that's an important message.
1: I think it was an important message. I think it was released for the wrong reasons. Like, it's clear Sever did this as an emotional response. Like, uh, you don't even know how great he was. <laughs> Which is probably why they saw it as a mistake. They were like, well, Severus was just getting emotional about your execution. Hmm. And he was all pissed, so he released his carving. Although I... Because it, it, it kind of feels petulant, Right. Like, they went through all this trouble to make it clear that they executed and tried a gold. And this is Severus spitting in their face saying, ha ha, he wasn't a gold. He was a red, you fools.
0: He fooled you till the end, essentially.
1: Well, yeah, but it was also like, oh, look, you, you guys were treating with such respect and honor as you, like, executed the fallen <laughs> enemy. Punked. Yeah, exactly. Welcome to Candid Camera, he was a gold, a red.
0: <laughs> Welcome to Candid Camera. So like, uh, I don't know. I feel like I guess that's true. It's but I think that the inspirational factor was important.
1: Yes, that's true. Although I think people
0: knowing that like a red was the one who did everything, I think was a real turning point for a lot.
1: Although I think a lot of people who might not have
0: otherwise joined the rising,
1: I think part of the reason why they saw it as a mistake was because that's clear in the book. It's what sparked off all of these other factions doing making destruction and waging war.
0: Right, that's true. Like it, because it made a lot of other people really angry, too.
1: Right, it didn't leave, didn't give the Rising nearly as much control over the revolution as it was always meant to be. meant to have. Yeah. Which I think is part of the biggest reason why they see it as a mistake. So I agree that it's an important message, but I think it could have been timed better, and with this, the Rising prepared to take the reins. I kind of get the idea that Sever went and found, like, found the carving and was like, I'm emailing this to the news. And didn't tell anyone. Like, that's kind of how I imagine Oh, that's totally
0: what happened.
1: And everyone's like, hey, (laughs) did you do this? He's like, oh, yeah, isn't that great? I was drunk last night. He did
0: not, like, gather the council and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this as a strategic move.
1: (laughs) Severa definitely just did it. Right. He definitely told them after he did it, and they scrambled (laughs) to try to take control of as many of these little revolutions as possible, but they couldn't.
0: Mm. I want a footage of everyone everyone mourning Darrow. (laughs) I don't know what that was like. It would be so
1: sad. I bet that would be very sad, yes. (laughs) But very beautiful
0: one in their own way um let's see what else oh cassius oh should shoot definitely be talked about okay <laughs> um i i thought his arc was really lovely he's just so sad he's such a tragic character
1: i mean he is and that really continues on to iron gold i like that yeah. in iron gold we get a lot more cassius
0: we do yeah we spend more and time his, and
1: his and his internal like his point of view like, we see more of what he is, is going through. Because, I mean, this war took everything. Literally. Like, he has, he has, I think his mother's still alive, but she's insane. She is just broken. She's a completely broken woman, like, raving for the deaths of people.
0: Yeah, I don't know if she was a good person before, but she's not anymore. Right. She does not seem like an easy person to be around now.
1: Yeah, so, like, it's very, and, like, it's specifically, he loved his brother, he loved his father.
0: Yeah, and he loved his nieces and nephews. There were so yeah, many children. nieces and
1: nephews he loved. Yeah. And I mean, that was... Like, he, say,
0: he says to Darrow at some point that he was a good uncle. He, like, in this really lost, sad I way. think he was like,
1: I was an uncle once. I was good at that.
0: Yeah, I used to be an uncle,
1: basically. Oh, God. And it's so heartbreaking.
0: I know. I think it's before,
1: uh, I think that's the same time that Darrow gives him the cube, showing him the execution of his family. Like,
0: at the end of that night, he gives him the cube. Yeah because we don't hear from Cassius after that. Cuz presumably then they had the whole conversation at some point where Cassius is like, "Okay, fuck the society. I'm on board." Yeah, I, I'm
1: in. <laughs> and, <laughs> you son of a bitch. I'm Brown in.
0: couldn't show us that because it, he wanted us to think Severus was dead. So.
1: <laughs> right.
0: So like we basically see that like really nice night. And that was right after Rook's funeral, right? So they have mm-hmm. Rook's funeral and then Cassius and Daryl, like drink and hang.
1: I'm not sure if it was the same day, but it was like, you yeah. know, the it was it was
0: It was the same part of the book. Yes. Yes. And then um and then
1: they watched some videos show in the Institute that apparently Rook watched all the time. Oh. I mean Rook is a sad character.
0: He is a sad character but he's also a, like a
1: frustrating character. I mean yeah I just he loved his society too much that it didn't deserve it.
0: Yeah I think that's the worst part and that's what Darrow said he's like he gave his life for these people and like they they don't care about him. They cared about him as a tool but not as a person. Yeah. But also Darrow, same you. So <laughs> that's kind of how you treated right. him. It was as a tool, without any care for him as an right. individual. Right? We can all love,
1: uh, Rogue. We can be out of the society. Sad. You are a hypocrite. <laughs> you you did this.
0: <laughs> you,
1: you did the same. Although Dave, I don't think there's any future that got him to get him to come on board with him. Yeah, we talked about this in the last episode. Like, would
0: would Rogue have been, uh, Team Rising? And I think no. He was too. He believed too much in the. Um, basically, philosophical foundation of the society,
1: which is frustrating because, of course, that's what you would believe in. But like, we yeah, ju- as it's, we about it's very
0: again consistent with his character. Oh, okay. Anyway, we ta- but we I think Daryl hoped because Rook was such a tender soul, and he seemed like such an empathetic soul. Yeah, I could see him being a reformer, but not a rebel.
1: Uh, maybe, I mean, but he the, wasn't even that. The, there's, so. there's such the common idea of like this is the best we can do. In this, these, in this book, like yeah, this is you, you do better. Like, yeah, we can't do any better than this. this. Is the best society we can afford. This is why you're singing. What comes next, right before we started the podcast? Yeah, just, I'm singing it in my breath <laughs>
0: <laughs> from Hamilton. It's very
1: much that, like, okay, well, let's see what you do. Yeah, oh, you guys got such big ideas. Let's see how oh, you do. Oh, who's got it all figured <laughs> yeah, out? Yeah, <laughs> it's so like, and it's fair. It's a good point. It is a good point, if left especially the rising. It would have been a disaster. Well, if you re- if you led like what came after too, right? Like if he led the rising to fruition and wasn't prepared in that moment, because Sever wouldn't have like without Darrow, I don't think Sever would have been willing to say, "Yes, like you're right, Mustang. Here you lead." Um, like without Darrow there checking him, I don't think Sever would. have Yeah, done that. but I- do you think Sever would have wanted to lead? I don't think Sever would have wanted to lead necessarily himself. But like... Look, look at it this way. Like, he wouldn't
0: have like known Mustang as the person. Right, and you're saying that you're
1: fighting a revolution. You have all your people fighting this revolution. And at the, the fruition of it is the scepter being handed to the Princess of Gold. Yeah. And obviously Virginia is so much more than that. But like... From the that rank can't and have been fi- a popular decision. From the rank and file... <laughs> She is the like Miss Gold,
0: and she came in late too.
1: Yeah, she came. She. Came I'm sure there in were a late. lot of
0: people who were like, she used the rising for political gain.
1: Yeah, I'm sure there were gold <laughs> afterwards. that I was like, that was a masterstroke. Well done. Like,
0: and but like also Reds and oranges and everyone else probably felt the same.
1: Yeah. So it's like, oh
0: cool, we were just pawns in a gold power play.
1: Nice, nice,
0: nice. There's and there's no real change. Ah, oh, good. Ah, oh, good, good, good. But I mean, there is. But I imagine initially there was a lot of uh, doubt. Yeah, I bet that first moment was like, "Uh, no. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Uh, Um, Oh, I think it's also important to note, and this very possibly could have been a turning point for Cassius as well, was this big moment for Severo where throughout the book he's kind of like, oh, Cassius is mine because he killed my father, et cetera, et cetera. And then um, we have the moment after Nero dies when there's sort of an uprising within the rising um, where the golds who are um, on board are all like basically getting executed be they prisoners or actual like, teammates allies I guess for, for lack of a better word um, but uh, when when Cassius is about to be hanged and Severo's like okay I'm a murderer too let's go and he like flings himself off it's, a, it's such, like, an incredible moment, and I, I guess it's afterwards that he has the conversation where he's like, hey, listen, like, Cassius is a soldier, my father is a soldier, they were on different sides of a clash. There's no, like, reason to blame him, essentially. Like, any of us would have done the same thing. Cassius just did what he thought was right, and it sucks that it was my dad, but I don't see a reason to, like, make an enemy of him forever, essentially.
1: yeah." it's a
0: it is so mature it's so mature
1: <laughs> in the world of like ah blood feuds <laughs> yeah it's, it's the moment also we see Victor like really go like oh this is not just an angry little man
0: yeah well I mean he says that and then they like get engaged two seconds later I think if I'm not misremembering the sequence
1: mm. yes
0: yes I think so yeah unless he said it earlier unless he said it before the whole hanging thing I don't but remember. I think that we were meant to think that Severo might have been, um, might have been for it.
1: Oh yeah, he was recovering, and they were all in the room when he was recovering. And yeah, was, that's what it and was. And they like le- they left, and then he came out and he's like, "I am getting married, apparently." And then he had her ring on his finger.
0: That was so cute. It was all big on him. <laughs> I think
1: it was was it big on? It was big oh, on it. Right. That's, that's what it was. He had it like on his thumb or something, and, she had to and stuff it was like on...
0: jammed onto his pinky finger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. to her pinky finger. <laughs>
1: What a mess! Anyway, it's beautiful stuff. uh, Honestly, beautiful stuff. (laughs) But it's it is a. It's like it's one of those moments in a book when it makes you realize how far characters come.
0: Yeah, it was a real turning point. Like little
1: things Severus does are like clear. Okay, clearly he is more mature now. But then all of a sudden you're like, oh shit. (laughs) Oh
0: yeah, like you've you've really grown so much as a person. Right
1: to stop this, he just hung himself in front of the rising. (laughs)
0: yeah that was full commitment oh and it was a gamble yeah like Dara wasn't about to save him
1: it's just a i mean it's a, it was an impressive moment and it was like it, it's just again it's like pierce brown is so good at painting these scenes yeah
0: they're very visceral
1: that yeah really makes you just see it happening and like but when it's there's an upsetting scene like this you're like oh oh my oh god yeah like that's
0: grim <laughs> This is why I can't just reread this all the time. It's not a popcorn book. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's like you have to deal with really disri- descriptive hangings and stuff.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Of people you care about.
0: But I, I can't help but think that that must have been a moment for Cassius, too. I don't think it's, like, explicitly discussed. Because he's very quiet. A lot of the book, he's very quiet. He's just, like, kind of taking stuff in.
1: Yeah, it's I mean, it's a moment when he saw that someone cares. Yeah, like Cassius who and has that- lost everyone that loves him.
0: I mean, it's a very literal like break the cycle thing, and that there is an alternative to vengeance.
1: Yes, I think it's the alternative to vengeance that's really big. Like uh, the fact that I killed your father, like the traditional gold way is all right. Now you kill me, or you kill someone I love, or what have you.
0: Yes, but several. I mean, deciding- and that was
1: literally what. <laughs>
0: I mean, I mean Julian's death was as, like, pre-written, I guess, almost, like, scripted as it could possibly have been. And Cassius's response was a blood feud. And so... <laughs> whereas, like, he... You know, his um, killing Fetchner is not... It, it, it was, like, way more... I guess there was more accountability, in a sense,
1: on Cassius for doing that. It was, like, more of a decision. Right, Darrow... Had no way a of knowing who the, the Jillian was, or like had no other recourse other than just to die. And yeah, uh,
0: exactly. Like who could blame Darrow for that? Right, exactly.
1: And Cassius like, well, blood feud. Except uh, Cassius, whatever you know. Again, uh, have the same heir without less one of us dies or whatever. Cool, cool, cool. Yes, says all the things. <laughs> Darrow not. And, and
0: also. Literally everybody at the
1: institute had done that. Yeah. to a family, and everyone knew that. Like it was,
0: everyone knew that everyone had done that. Everyone knew that everyone
1: had done that. Everyone knew it was no real secret that this whole thing was set up to kill him. Like, yeah, it was like, well, you should have just let yourself die. <laughs> that was the only, the only thing you. Should yeah, the have only done. thing that I could have avoided this horrible anger between us would have been you just killing yourself, essentially.
0: Yeah, so if you cared, that's what you would have done. <laughs>
1: yeah, if you loved me, the it guy you've like, never met. It was met. Like, such
0: an unreasonable thing. Like, I mean, yes, you always have full responsibility for the people that you kill. But, like, it in that particular sense, it it could also kind of be construed as self-defense. I mean, it was certainly self-preservation. Well, yeah, it was definitely self-defense, because if he didn't kill him, he was going to be killed. So, yeah, stop. yeah. No, so I take it back. I flip-flopped again. Yeah, 100%. There's <laughs> definitely more accountability on Cassie as killing Fitchner. Yeah. And And that Sever was able to move on from it. Um, it might have, might have played a big role in Cassius' I think it was probably a big mom. moment for
1: Cassius because Cassius has always looked down on several tuning staff. Yeah, I
0: called him, called him a bronzy and like really thought he was.
1: Yeah, Cassius like, he was hot. Second shit. class.
0: Right. Yeah, and he's like, oh, cool, now he's a better man than me. Terrific. I, this need, feels I need to re.
1: Yeah, it's like, anytime you see something, you're like, oh, I need to reevaluate some things about myself. I was <laughs> a good thing about this for a while. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Okay.
1: Oh, um, all right. I think that's everything we wanted to talk about, mostly. Yeah, that's,
0: that's all the main points. That's the big ones. I thought that it was um, very telling that Lysander was sort of the one who gave legitimacy to Mustang in the end, and that she called him their conqueror. And it was like, he, he was he was the one who said basically like, hey, listen, this is how it works. Like, y'all are all about the compact and everything, but like, the society exists because of conquest, and we have just been conquered, and... Now we're gonna be
1: something else. Yeah, it's like he knew all the keywords.
0: Yeah, like like conqueror. He
1: was very well trained. Invite like conqueror invokes something like ancestral in the goals. It really does. And um I honestly like
0: the whole court of Octavia, I kind of like them all, to be honest. Like I like Aja. I like that Lysander sort of revealed that the Ash Lord sort of it, he was burdened by what he had done and that he wanted to atone like there was all these little characteristics i loved aja's loyalty to the sovereign but like it, it was like familial loyalty it was not just oh you know you're my boss you know right <laughs> like she she loved octavia yeah i mean obviously octavia was a tyrant and he needed to come out but um he'd be needed to be ousted which <laughs> is the term I was looking for.
1: <laughs> Outed was not the one.
0: <laughs> Just live your truth, Octavia. No. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I thought that there were aspects of the culture that were um, very positive. Yeah, I mean, that's the... And one of the things that came out of it was Lysander and everything he learned from her. And everything that he um, basically... I mean, like, literally. It, in a very weird way, um, the Jackal's nuke move helped <laughs> helped the rising <laughs> i mean yes it killed a lot of people and it was very senseless and very violent but the fact that they could say hey look the jackal's doing that and now we're all going to work together and like you have to trust us essentially um I yeah, honestly it helped it helped them show that like they cared about the society as a whole and not just the low colors and that it wasn't going to be chaos and, and barbarism
1: well yeah i'm you know, just comparing like well, if the Jackal had just known about their other plan and just come out there, like, they would have won. Like, the, if the Jackal had just, like, been there with his fleet and the Ashlar with his fleet, like, that would have been it. They, the Rising did not have enough strength to fight them. But the fact that the Jackal forced the Ashlar to turn on the Jackal's fleet because of the nukes, yeah. like, the nukes were a major misstep.
0: They really were
1: so it's like
0: but they were also i mean the act of like a psychopath at that point yeah i mean like i think that it it was just flailing oh boy i don't i'm not even really sure why he was flailing but he was definitely flailing flailing.
1: i mean this was his deliberate act to take over but i think he was he was just overconfident which is the downfall of gold the arrogance of gold is why they lost
0: yeah, well, maybe it was just honestly that key characterization that the Ash Lord w- would not stand by and let that happen again.
1: Yeah, I think one might assume that the Ash Lord would be more okay with it. He's literally the, like, he, the Ash Lord. He burned a moon. Yeah. Who would have guessed yeah. that he's actually burdened by this truth? Yeah.
0: I mean, it was like literally just the Jekyll not accounting for humanity. God forbid <laughs> someone feel humanity. bad about
1: their decisions.
0: <laughs> yeah. It is interesting how everyone talks about Rhea, um, as everyone's kind of, it's it's like kind of hushed tones, but it's definitely more like, oh, yeah, oh, damn, she's committed, <laughs> like almost kind of respectful in, in the core. And then in the Outer Plants, obviously, it's like a huge travesty and like a, a generational scar. Yeah. That they'll never really escape. But that the Ash Lord himself thinks of it more like the Outer Rim does is is interesting and makes sense honestly because how could you carry that with you unless you're just a completely a complete shell of a human right like which you, i guess we all kind of you have,
1: or you are burdened by this
0: right these are the two choices
1: and it's good to know that he was uh not a psychopath
0: yes indeed all right i think that's everything or it's enough
1: <laughs> it's certainly enough
0: it's certainly enough well thank you guys so much for listening our next book I have chosen to continue another series that we haven't revisited in a while, um, the Expanse series. The oh. third book in it is uh, Abaddon's Gate. I don't actually know if that's correct pronunciation.
1: I thought it was Abaddon, like a, like Abaddon's Gate. Abaddon? Mm. Well.
0: Do they say it in the book? I never read this book.
1: I don't remember.
0: Okay. Well, either way. <laughs> a B A D D O N Apostrophe S is Gate. Okay, cool. Uh, by James S. A. Corey. I uh, I remember <laughs> I remember being really excited to read it and then I was distracted by something else and never read it. So I'm really excited to get back to it and continue that series. I don't know why, but I've been thinking about the expanse a lot lately, so I'm ready.
1: I would like to uh, actually like give the T V show a good shot, but I just cannot do it for some reason.
0: Really? You don't like it?
1: Uh, I think it's I don't I don't know. I've just never like been able to make for la for la never been able to make it through the first couple episodes. Uh, um, which might just be a it starts off slow or it might just be a I don't know.
0: I I actually got pretty into it for a minute there. And then I fell off. Not because the show got like less good. I think I just again got sidetracked by something rather. Life life distracted me. That's my problem, um, I get
1: too distracted easily distracted by like random stuff it's just easy.
0: I don't want to watch dramas that often. That's really my problem.
1: I want to watch like
0: light stuff because the world's so heavy. <laughs> That's reasonable. So, so I uh, I don't watch a ton of dramas. That's like not a large portion of my viewing time. But um, I have been wanting to watch it again. And I, I really liked it. Um, but either way, regardless, we're going to revisit the book series. And yeah, do Abaddon, Abaddon's Gate, whatever it's called. Right. So that will be our next episode. Let me see what day will that come out? <laughs> May 3rd. <laughs> yep, 4 weeks away. So. Awesome. Yep. Um if you guys want to f- reach us, um Peter can they email us.
1: Uh you can email us at <laughs> Did you hear
0: me realize that I couldn't remember <laughs> what it was? <laughs> yeah, I heard that moment where you're
1: like Ooh. <laughs> whoops sidestep <laughs> uh, you can find us at facebook.com forward slash sci-fi sidebar
0: where uh, mm, we sometimes announce if we're late <laughs> if
1: you're lucky and then we usually post the episode yes What I remember anyway <laughs> um what else uh, twitter, I don't know uh, do you even post on twitter we'll just not stop, really we'll just stop saying that. sometimes
0: twitter, right? <laughs> follow us at Sing Nothing net on twitter and you might might see a tweet <laughs>
1: All right, so wait.
0: <laughs> but if that is your social media of choice, then that, you can find us at Sing Nothing Net. Um, we are, uh, very. <laughs> Why am I so bad at this tonight? <laughs> Please, uh, if you have time, review us on iTunes
1: or wherever you get your podcasts,
0: and uh, share us with your friends.
1: Uh, if you have any book requests, just go ahead and uh, email us. We are always looking for new things. I mean, this is like. Uh, this is another return to a series. This is our third return to a series in a row. So if you have uh, nothing, is it? Whoops. <laughs> yeah, we we kind of. I just realized it was a weird coincidence. Wait, what was last month? <laughs> uh, it was Close in Common Orbit.
0: Oh, whoops. Yeah. All right. Sorry, guys.
1: But also not sorry. They're all good books. I mean, yeah, they're great books, and like we would like to finish these series off. But if you have a new that's series- a little challenging for people who don't like these series. That's true. If you have a new series that you enjoy and you'd like us to give it a shot, uh, just email us know.
0: Yeah, please. We love recommendations.
1: Thank you guys so much for listening.
0: This has been Sci Fi Sci fi from the Signifying Nothing Network.
1: A tale told by idiots. Bye, guys. Bye.